0: It's a wonderful honour to be here today. I want to tell you a bit of a story. So it was about 2015, and on the front page of The Age, there were stories about politics and stories about football and stories about our community. And then buried on about page 12, there was a story about Ebola. And it was in the Democratic Republic of Congo, and a friend of mine works on a mining site in the DRC. And knowing how long it takes to develop a vaccine and knowing how hard it is to get people to volunteer, I decided to volunteer as a healthy volunteer for an Ebola vaccine study here in Melbourne. So at the same time, I bought shares in the company because I figured that might be a good move too. (laughs) Shares went up. That was good. (laughs) And I'm hoping I'm now probably immune to Ebola just in case I want to go to Sierra Leone or the Democratic Republic of Congo. But when I did that, part of the process was consent. And it was take this away, tell your family and friends about it. So when I went home, we had a, a big barbecue. It was somebody's lunch, uh, somebody's um, birthday lunch. And I told my mum and dad, and I told my kids in the car on the way up. So at the time, they were about 17 and 15. And they thought that was heroic, which is exactly what my son said. Mom, that's really heroic. And I said, Yeah, I think it is. Because if so, who's going to do it? If I don't do it, who's going to do it? And then when we got to the lunch, I told my parents, and there was silence absolute silence. And then my sister in law, who's one of my best friends, she burst into tears and she took me into the kitchen and she said, Why? Why are you doing this? You don't have to do this. Why is it you? You're a mother, you have responsibilities, you own a company, what if it goes wrong? And I said, but if I don't do it, who's going to do it? And she said, but not you, somebody else should do it. (laughs) (laughs) But that's my point, who should do it? We should do it. And as Christine said at the start, when you raised your hand and you took a drug or you used a medical device or you were diagnosed using some new technology, all of that needed to be tested not only on animal studies or doing, doing it in animals first, but it needs to be tested on healthy volunteers. So many of you in the room might be volunteers that are that have a, an illness or a condition or a disorder. Um, I'm lucky. I'm not sick. But I have a role to play. I have a role to play not just in the drug development industry, which has employed me for 25 years, but I have a role to play as a mother and as a wife and as a daughter And as a partner in this community and part of our community is what I can do for you too. But it was an important revelation to me that the response I got from my kids was, wow, that's really cool, Mum. That's really fantastic because they are global citizens. They're part of a new generation that I really admire and love in the way that they think about the world as a global space. My background, I came through as a clinician in allied health and was involved in research right from my honours year. And I can honestly say I don't think there's any scientists in this country or any other country that develops or or discovers anything just for use in that community. I think all scientists, all clinicians, all technology developers want to see their, their discoveries and their developments have a global impact, not just a local impact. We often don't think beyond our own community, but in the space of medical research, and particularly um, clinical research, we have to think globally, not locally. We can't afford to be Australian. We need to be part of a global community here. I'm very proud of that, and at the same time I was doing that, a very close friend of mine had stage four melanoma, and she's also worked in the biotechnology industry all of her life, and the very first thing she did when she called me, She said, I want you to be my clinical power of attorney because I want you to help me make the clinical decisions that will support my care. And at that time, we decided the doctor that we chose needed to be a trialist. And that was actually our core decision. We said we don't necessarily want the best, we don't want the most admissive, you know, the the easiest to get in touch with. We wanted the doctor who was most involved in clinical trials, particularly around melanoma we knew that there were new drugs coming down the tube. We wanted to make sure she could access that. We also knew that there were lots of other radiation clinical trials going on and different approaches to radiation. So she accessed all of those things in the last two years of her care and she lived her life very, very well and very healthy until the last sort of few weeks. But again, the same thing when we went to her family and said, we're going to get her into a clinical trial and we're going to do this with these doctors... Her parents, who are Greek and don't speak very good English, are appalled and said, no, we're not allowing that. And I said, well, actually, I'm medical power of attorney and she is in a state where she can accept responsibility for this. But what we face in this sector is significant opposition to what it means to be part of a trial. And unfortunately, this is a space in which there are prejudice and there are preconceived ideas around what's safe and what's not what's consent and what's not, what's available and what's not. And too many people I've spoken to get to a point in their illness or disorder where they feel like they've run out of options. But being part of a trial gives hope, and it gives hope to so many people, but it also gives opportunity to the nurses, the doctors and the allied health professionals that are learning and also developing in this space. So what we give our healthcare community is a space to learn. It also means that discoveries that come out of Australian medical research institutes and universities and hospitals have an extra breath of life, that those discoveries can be developed on our doorstep. And it means for us as patients and consumers, and frankly everyone here in this room is a patient, it means we can access those drugs and we can access early innovative medicines earlier than when they appear on the market. Of course there are risks, but in life there are risks, aren't there? It's always going to be like that. So my role as an ambassador, I think, is a really important one. Where I work now is in social media. And I think this is the greatest thing that I can bring to this campaign is, as Christine said, there's a hashtag, and with a hashtag comes a conversation. My children are now 19 and 17, and they're very social media savvy, like most of the young people that you know are. They're more open to these conversations. They have a global mindset where many of us don't. They're more likely to contribute to sustainability and causes, but they're more interested in quality of life rather than just living life. So my role in this is to talk to as many people as possible, and I love the device of a cup. A cup of coffee and a 10-minute conversation is all we need to share our experience with wellness and illness, but our experience with hope and understanding. So what we need is an informed community that has the tools, as Christine said. If they have the tools and they're empowered with education, they can make informed decisions. And the decision that I made was, I want to be part of a global community in which everyone has equal access to good quality vaccines. It's a small thing for me, but I think it's a really big thing for the community. So I encourage you to take the cup to have a conversation. If you're on social media, share it. Tag a politician. <laughs> but also remember, as a community, this is not just medical researchers in public institutions. It's the scientists and researchers within our pharmaceutical industry which are equally as important. The service providers that work in this space, the lawyers accountants, the people that work in regulatory affairs and government are critical to be part of this conversation and we're equals in this. And you and me as patients, we're equals too. Thanks.